0: Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Boom!
1: This is Mouthing Off with
0: Olivia. Okay guys, you know I love my Netflix shows and I just, binged Indian matchmaking. And so I had to bring Aparna on here. Oh, my gosh.
1: Thank you for having me today. I'm so happy to be here.
0: We're so pumped to to hear from you. Netflix is coming out with some great content. The show is awesome. We've got a lot to get to. Can you pitch the show for everyone to watch?
1: So uh, Indian Matchmaking follows one matchmaker named Seema, and she is trying to find seven of us, half of us living in India, half of us living in the States. We're all South Asian, and she's trying to find us, our husbands, and our wives. This is about arranged marriage. This is about cultural matchmaking, and uh, this has got some ups and downs to it, too, some entertainment thrown in there.
0: There you go. There's the pitch. and And you have my backing as a fan. It was great. So anyway, we want to know who you were before this whole journey? I mean, obviously we know you're a lawyer, but like, I'd love to know your history and who you were before all this.
1: Yeah. Nine weeks ago. Who was I? Um, also, <laughs> no one knew my name nine weeks ago. Now sometimes <laughs> I think it's the only thing I hear some days and I'm like, We've got to change this. We've got to stop talking about this. Um, But yeah, nine weeks ago, I was a lawyer. I still am a lawyer full time. uh, So Monday through Friday, that keeps me quite busy. I have a uh, travel business. It's a luxury travel business called My Golden Balloon. So it's founded on the premise that on your 40th birthday, you used to get a black balloon that said, over the hill, life's over, get over it. And we said, no way, your thirties and your forties are for traveling and exploring and taking care of yourself. You get a golden balloon, screw the black balloon. This is about you and your life and you do whatever's best for you. We think that should include traveling the world but if you just need to do whatever's good for you that's fine too. And so we curate these luxury tours for 14 people or less. So if you were a professional, you would just sign up, you would buy a round, round trip ticket to the destination um, that we, you know, on the dates that we tell you to vote. To and um, the minute you land, we take care of everything, your five-star accommodations, your tours, your internal flights, and um, your cooking classes, your hikes, your staying in the luxury bubble in the middle of the desert in Jordan. Oh, we
0: my. Do it all. Wow. I'm a big traveler. So I've seen like, how do you have time for all that?
1: And uh, that was what I did before, and that was already a struggle. And now we're throwing in press that starts sometimes at 6 a.m. Uh, with Singapore and Korea. And then I do my India press at 9 p.m. every night because that's what's best for me. I sprinkle in European and American press during the day. And this is a global show. So we have global press, and um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, I launched a t-shirt line with some of my favorite Aparna-isms on there. They're, that's been quite well. It's So good. I know, there's, they're flying. I mean, and from interesting places too, like if, if we ship worldwide and it's like, there's a large contingent in Malaysia that loves this one <laughs> shirt. And I'm like, why does it, you know, I don't understand why I Will Talk To You Never is just really big in Malaysia. You have the
0: best isms ever.
1: Well, well, there are t-shirts now. Um, and I, <laughs> and like everyone loved this elephant bracelet I was wearing on the show and I got it um, handmade in Turkey, like five, six years ago. So I went back and I found the guy who made it and tomorrow I'm launching them on my website, hopefully tomorrow. We'll see. And um, so yeah, all the proceeds are going to go to this wildlife um, sanctuary in India that rescues these elephants from tourism and mistreatment. And um, so, so many women asked about it. I was like, might as well make it, give the proceeds to a charitable organization and move on. <laughs> so I'm busy. You're so impressive. Well, the book, I'm writing the book too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing the book. I am finishing up my proposal uh, hopefully soon. I have an amazing uh, literary agent and who's been so supportive throughout this whole process. I never thought I would write a book about myself. I was wanted to write a book one day. I thought like way later in my life, I'd write a fiction book. Me too. Yeah, like sometimes down the road, I was just pushing it like down the road. And then um, literally within a week of the launch, um, it, it was like, no, today's the day and it's nonfiction and it's about you. So it's basically my rules for life. Um, a have 10 rules for life. Uh, how did I become the person I am? What was kind of some of the behind the scenes on the show? So fans of the show are going to love it. It's like a, a full on tell all. Oh, I love. Yeah. Who doesn't love a tell all? And then behind the scenes is um, you know, often just kept from the viewers and those of us who have been a part of it uh, know that it's, it's very complex and there's a lot to say about it. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's a book full of stuff to say about it. <laughs> I do
0: have to ask when you fit a serious or any kind of relationship in there, were there any
1: right now or, or before
0: before all this?
1: Well, before, yeah, there were some, I mean, uh, like you see in the show, though, I'm quite decisive, and so... Um, I don't like to string people along. I don't think that's fair to them. So I make up my mind quite quickly. I hope that they do too. I really respect when men are very honest with me and say like, Aparna, I don't think you're a good fit for me too. Like, and I say that on the show, like I don't mind being rejected by people. Like I like me. Like if at the end of the day, I know that I was a good employee, a good daughter, a good friend, a good dog mom to Conan. If I grew, if I evolved, if I did all of these things, then I could go to bed that night and say like, I like me. So it doesn't matter if some guy doesn't like me. And then it became a much bigger sphere when the show came out. It became, I don't care for troll and North <laughs> Korea, but or not North Korea, but South Korea, because North Korea doesn't have Netflix. It's one of the four countries, by the way. Um, but I don't care if they're they're talking about me. And I don't care if they have thoughts on me that are unsavory or unflattering. Um, that's not my problem.
0: Oh my God. When people didn't like me, it like destroyed my soul. On,
1: <laughs> I was like, Ugh. I destroyed myself for like a day or two when I, And then I got off Twitter and I was like well If you just get off Twitter then
0: you don't even know what they're Twitter saying Twitter is the dirtiest of all the places for sure You gotta get off
1: Yeah so Vyaser my castmate apparently Like checks it he's on it and he's very active And he's like people say the weirdest things about you on there, As if it's like true and I have to be like Guys it's a reality show like it's not true no. And I'm like don't waste your time Vyaser Like don't even waste your time Like,
0: What a good friend though to be like Hey yeah
1: well, all the guys I went on dates with are still my friends, like Shaker and Philip yeah. and um, Jay. They would get on my Instagram sometimes and respond to people in the beginning that were saying like hurtful or hateful things. And I even told them, I was like, I really appreciate it. But like, I just don't think it makes a difference to that person. Like you're just giving them more of what they want, which is attention.
0: The more you respond to trolls, the more they just feed. Just respond to the nice people.
1: I literally just don't respond to the other people. Like I just don't, uh, I don't block them. I don't delete them. And sometimes they'll come back and be like, you deleted me. And I'm like, I want to be like, go see below. You're still there. But I'm like, don't even respond to that.
0: No, abortion. It's not even worth it to be like, see below. Your hateful comment is still there. Abort (laughs) mission. No, no, no. Um, I do have uh, Facebook questions as well. So I'm going to pepper these in here. Uh, Bailey Kuhn said, can you tell us more about your close relationship with your mom?
1: Yeah, so in real life, (laughs) that's a really good relationship where she's super supportive. She's my cheerleader. Um, She has never pressured me to get married. She knew that I always wanted it. And so she supported that, but she never was like, you know, or don't you think you're being too picky? Don't you think you're being this, like, or stubborn or, in, you know, inflexible or any of those things? Um, she, my sister and I, obviously, are very close from living together. You know, she was a single mom, and we were three women in the house. And that's a special relationship for those of you who are single moms and sisters. You know that there's, like, this tribe that forms. And it's much bigger than the parent and daughter roles. It's, it's about friendship. It really is because you as children get very self-sufficient with a single parent when you're very young and um, they treat you as mini adults and you treat them as your friend and you trust them and you support them and they trust and support you. And so it was really interesting to see the way they, you know, on the show that the viewers see her as someone who's like, people are like, she's toxic. She has so much say in your life. And I was like, really? She has none. I went to the schools I wanted. I traveled as much as I wanted. I moved wherever I wanted. And I did everything I wanted. And she always was there to support me it's a beautiful thing to have parents like that because I'm hearing from thousands of women all over the world who are pressured into things by their parents before they're ready, like marriage and matchmaking. And it's just really sad to me that a parent wouldn't say like, Oh, you're not ready. Like, then I'm going to back off. You tell me when you're ready. Yeah.
0: Like my mom's the same way. So I loved, I love hearing that because we're also friends first and it's so great.
1: It's amazing. It's a special relationship and you can transition quite easily into that in your teenage years. Um, and I never fought with her. I mean, yes, we fight as in, like, sometimes we disagree because we're two different human beings. But, like, we never did, like, that, oh, I hate my mom thing or she's not, she's grounded me. Or, and it was none of that. I took care of everything I needed to take care of. Like, I got myself to school in my own car. I, you know, had my own after-school job. I had all the clubs I was in. And she was I was just proud of me. It was really simple. It was a really simple transaction um, our whole
0: life. How the heck were you cast for this show on Netflix?
1: Yeah. So I was in the LA airport on a Sunday morning flying home to Houston after a weekend visiting friends. And I was on Facebook because my flight was delayed. It was a United flight. It's always delayed. Always delayed. <laughs> always delayed. <United>. Team Delta. <laughs> yeah. Literally. I'm like, but I live in Houston, so I have to fly United. Um, and so... I'm like, okay, so I'm in line, scrolling to Facebook, scrolling mindlessly, and someone's like, are you single? Are you South Asian? Are you wanting to get married? I was like, yes. And they were like, well, you know, apply here. And I replied right there. Forgot all about it. And then a few days later, they call me and they're like, hey, you applied to this um, show. I'm like, did I? They're like, yes, a matchmaking show. I'm like, interesting. Tell me more. And they're like, we'd love to start the casting process with you. We'd like to jump on Skype with you. And And, and then it kicked off. And two years later, here I am.
0: <laughs> well, okay, wait. So... Just for timetable's sake, when did you film the show? A year ago? April to December of 2019 was our uh, the whole show's
1: taping. So I didn't start filming till May, because as you can see on the show, they are in Denver and Austin and Houston and New York, and then they're in Bombay and Delhi. And so they are jumping uh, from place to place. But I filmed on and off from, April, from May to December. I was the last person that wrapped the whole show in December, December 15th
0: it's kind of obvious that there's travel going on, but then there's other points where I'm like, wait, it seems like everyone's in the same place. It, I don't It's just hard to wrap your head around the fact. It that- is because it's so ambitious. I don't think I've seen it before. Like when you, you when know, you're on The Bachelor, you're all right. in the
1: same house and you are all traveling together. When you're in love is blind, you're all in Atlanta and then all going to Mexico. Here, it's like we never even knew the other people like I never knew anyone except the people I went on dates with and so when the show came out I didn't have that support structure that a lot of you have. Right. As um, That was something we had to create after the fact which was really hard and really difficult. I mean we, we did our best but it, this is also COVID times where we're not just getting on a plane or doing reunion shows and getting to know each other and just because there was no reunion show it was done on Zoom. There was one on YouTube that uh, Netflix India hosted us with but Um, Yeah, I still haven't met a majority
0: of these people, except for my dates. The way that I'm going to speak in terms of the way this show was presented. Okay, Okay. so at least we meet you and you've got these funny one liners and you're what you 34 at the time Mm -hmm. is filming. Yeah, 34. You're a lawyer. It really came off as like, oh, my gosh, I have to get married. Pressure's on. Were you really like putting pressure on yourself at that time? Cause you don't seem like someone that's like chop, chop. I am. I really? am chop, chop. Yeah. I've been ready
1: for years. I just haven't found the right person. So, Everyone's like, well, just pick someone. And I'm like, that's not how it works in my life. Like in my life, I'm picking, like I said in the show, my family member. Like I didn't pick my mom or my dad. I didn't pick my siblings. I'm not going to pick my kids. In fact, most of us know that we might not even like our own kids one day. Like let's be honest. They might have different personality types and they clash with us and that's what the fights are about. But who do I pick? That's my family. I pick my spouse. And I take that decision very, very, um, it's very important to me. It's a big decision. And so I'm not going to just settle and I'm not going to just figure it out. Everyone's like, but you're such good friends with all three guys in the show. Why don't you just marry one of them? And I said, a friendship is different than your partner. Yeah. A you can have friendships with many people because they fulfill a part of your life, but they don't fulfill all of you and the things that you need in a partner. They maybe fulfill some of them. And, and so for me, I'm, I feel the pressure for myself. No one's ever put it on me. I just want to start that chapter of my life with, with a partner. And I think it's interesting that we don't call them husbands and wives. We literally call them partners because they are the people that stand beside us and, and face this crazy world, you know, with us. And um, that would just be nice. I'm a hopeless romantic. I really am. I just want someone to live this life with, you know.
0: It's I a think good it's life. really cool, though, that, you know, you, you do want to get married, but you're also adamantly like not going to settle like you do believe that the right thing is out there and, you know, you're not going to just date a friend kind of thing that's really cool
1: yeah i mean i think it's made the job a lot harder for people like Seema or like anyone who's tried to set me up but like that's just the way i feel and that's just a preference and i know that people are different and i think that's really interesting about reality tv everyone has an opinion on the way that i want things done and i'm like that's only for me to have an opinion on really like unless it affects your life in any way which i'm pretty sure it doesn't um that's my preference that's who i want to wait for and that's who i am waiting for and i do believe i will find them i really do
0: did you know of Seema before all this, or did you meet her through through this process? I met her through the process, yeah. What, what was your first impression of her, and did you think that she got you? I was a little concerned because right off the bat, she asked me if we could speak in Hindi, and my Hindi
1: is like that of a three-year-old. Like, I can barely <laughs> babble in it. Like, I can't. When I go to India, I like check my friends one year and they were like, you lied to us. You said you spoke it. I was like, no, I said I could understand it. And I was somewhat proficient. I was (laughs) like, I did not say I could speak the language at all. And so here she is. She's like, sits down and she's like, hey, can we speak in Hindi?" And I'm like, no, no. Now I'm like, how am I going to explain things to her when English is like obviously something she's not comfortable in? And she, I start going off on, like, what I want, which is actually only two things, which I think are pretty simple. It's I want someone who's more introverted, laid back, and relaxed. And then I want someone who's very intelligent. And I don't just mean, like, book smart. I mean, someone who's, like, constantly learning Mm -hmm. and growing Mm -hmm. and then sharing that with me because, like, I'm never going to read The Economist. I, I, I could probably, I'm never going to, but if they want to read it every day and and share with me every day what was like so awesome about The Economist to them, I would love that. I would love that for the rest of my life um, because that's their interest and that's what they're sharing with me. It's a two part. It's a two prong that they love it and then that they're sharing it with me. Um, and this is all very hard to say in three-year-old Hindi. So I'm thinking like- um, Is she going to get it? Yeah, she's going to get it. So you see me trying to say things to her. I'm like, oh, I want the introvert. And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, she didn't understand the word. I'm like, like not the funniest guy in the room. And she's like, no. And I'm like, you know, he doesn't have to like comedy. And she's like, no. And I'm like, he doesn't understand me. Oh my God, she doesn't understand me. So you see me seeing people like, those are some strange lines you said. And I was like, that's because I was trying to explain the whole thing in 10 different ways to get her to understand that I want the chill guy in the room. Like when you go to the dinner party and I don't want the guy who's like telling the story, I want the guy who's
0: like- Listening.
1: Yeah, and and she was just like, No, you want some I'm gonna give you someone jolly. And I was like, But Santa Claus is jolly. I don't want an older white man in a red suit. She's like, that is not what I asked for. What does jolly even mean? And she's like, You will get someone jolly.
0: Uh-oh. Okay, I do want to expand on that. Question Does she think it's important that her partner is Indian? Has she ever dated someone who isn't?
1: Yes, I've dated many people who are not Indian. But yes, I believe at this point in my life I really love for my partner to be South Asian. Just okay. because there's so many cultural things that are so important to me and so familiar to me that I would love to have a partner that understands those things innately. Again, it's just a preference. My sister married someone who's like blonde and blue-eyed and they've been married for eight years so happily. That was like never something that she was even looking for. Um, And it worked out so well for her. So I understand that that's not for everyone to marry. Just because they're South Asian, they don't need to want to marry a South Asian, but I personally do.
0: Has anyone in your life ever successfully been like matched by a matchmaker like any close friends or anything like that i'm sure i'm sure they have
1: i mean but matchmakers are not big in the u.s that's why i thought it was such a unique opportunity because we don't really have access to these kinds of south asian matchmakers um here even if you do have access to them their networks in the u.s aren't big and so i think once someone talked to a matchmaker for me and they're like we have the perfect guy for her in manila and i'm like where is manila isn't that in the philippines like what is happening I believe in love i don't believe in flying across oceans maybe and living across oceans for love and and so for me this was just such a unique opportunity that they said this woman had a network in the u.s and was going to find me people here so i don't think that's an opportunity that any of my friends have had and so i can't really speak to it but a lot of them have gone through very traditional ways of getting married such as like one of my friends went to india met a girl for coffee and then got married like a month later. um. So he definitely, he's like, I met her and I knew and uh, we had a real conversation about our life and what we wanted. And they are so happy with their kid right now and living in Houston and uh, everything's great. They're a wonderful couple. They're very compatible. So I, I, I do know very traditional stories that have worked out.
0: There was, you know, there's probably a perception of what you would call, you know, an arranged marriage. Right. And so, What I really liked about the show was it it showed that, you know, these two people definitely have a say in like who they want to be arranged with. Like, do you think that the show helped or hurt at least that perception?
1: Yeah. What was interesting for me was how many people from the Western world, I would call it like Europe and um, the U.S. DM'd me and said, "Wow, I thought arranged marriage was forced marriage right Uh, no 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 like arranged marriage just means that it's a traditional method of meeting the person and and they're like but that was so great that you even had a choice that all of you had choices (laughs) and I was like yes um yes that is interesting but that is perhaps a western conception of arranged marriage that I didn't even know existed and that the show definitely um dissipated and you know people now are seeing like oh it's just some Auntie, we call her Auntie Simo, going around like networking basically on your behalf and and proposing men or women for you to meet. Um, And it begins and ends there. But arranged marriage is, uh, everyone's like, well, define it then. And I said, well, it's very interesting because my definition of arranged marriage is completely different than any other person's. It's a unique fingerprint because it's two or three factors that go into play, right? My society. So where do I live? Like I told you, no one is pressuring me. I live in a diverse city. I went to public schools my whole life. Like I'm, 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 this product of this society. Um, My parents, my parents have never forced me, so that's another factor. Myself, how much of a voice do I wanna have in the process? Well, you saw I wanted to have a big voice. A big one, which I like. A big one. And so here I am um, you know, using my three factors to inform my definition of arranged marriage. Nadia's is totally different than mine. Akshay's is completely different than mine. I would gather that every single person in the world would have a different definition of it based on these factors and the way that they play into their lives. And that's something very unique about arranged marriage. And I'm not sure that every viewer
0: caught that and seeing seven different stories, but maybe, maybe some of them did. Catherine Paquette said, Seema consistently talks about compromise to make a relationship work. What is one thing that you're definitely not willing to compromise on? Hmm, yeah, That's a tough one. Maybe one thing that Seema would have been like, okay, you got to compromise here. And you would have been like, no.
1: I'm pretty flexible. As long as it says two things, like as long as, as long as they're like intelligent and laid back. So maybe my deal breakers are if they don't have those two traits. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the thing I'm not willing to compromise on. Like some people are like, oh, you don't need someone who's like that smart. Um, i like, well, I actually want that. So yeah, that's going to be my thing. I've never put, um, like some of the other people put like heights or like, uh, preferences of skin color or, or cast or something like that. That's never been for me. I'm um, now in my thirties and I'm, I'm quite aware of what's going to be a good fit for me. And it's not my personality type, but that's not, I'm not looking for a clone in myself. I'm looking for a partner and they might be completely opposite of me or have many things going for them that I would never be able to have going for me like you know like being a cool chill person like that's never gonna be me
0: it actually seems like you're you're quite flexible even though your the portrayal of you might not have shown that you seem pretty yeah. open for the most part
1: I am as long as they're South Asian and pretty chill and intro- and introverted and then really smart. Then I'm willing to meet them. And then it's up to chemistry, right? I even say that in the show, like Philip was a really good match on paper and then we didn't have any chemistry. So I called him a unicorn on paper. That <laughs> wasn't a unicorn in life. And we laugh about that. We're friends today. And he's like, thank you for at least calling me a unicorn on paper. Thank you for acknowledging that I am a unicorn yeah, he's such a great guy. He's got so many cool interests and he went to awesome schools and he's really into education and he's so smart and like he's got all these things going for him and like it just wasn't for me and him. So I also acknowledge that there's something there, like an X factor that like can't be computed through biodatas. It just isn't going to happen.
0: I do always like to try to ask a little bit about behind the scenes stuff. We only see a little snippet of dates. So can you talk a little bit about Like, did you just meet at the restaurant? And then how long, like, were the conversations flowing? Did you actually eat the food? Because I know sometimes on reality TV, you're not allowed to eat the food. Things like that. We definitely ate. This is
1: supposed to be a docuseries. So it's supposed to be a lot more flowy, (laughs) I guess. Um, I mean, it turned out to obviously not be a docu-series. It turned out to be reality TV. But in the taping of it, we were treated like a docu-series where nobody prompted us. Um, We actually ordered food. We ate food. um, We chatted. My dates were sometimes like three to 10 hours long. You guys see 10 seconds of them. Uh, You see me having these conversations that look like they're uncomfortable, like with Shaker. We actually went on three dates, Shaker and I. I think you see one of them. And we went on two on camera and one off camera. And we're best friends today. We talk every day. Our dates were actually really good. Like, we agreed to go on a second date on camera. Now the viewers don't see that, but that's fine. But like, Jay and I, our goat yoga date, it was really fun. And then we went to dinner, it was great. Philip and I, sure, he was just a unicorn on paper, but damn, he's a good friend. Like, And so you see like these clips of dates and it's really interesting because everyone's like, oh, she's just terrible, all those men must hate her. And I was like, no, I talked to all of them. They're really good friends. Like, in real life, I would have picked them as my friends anyway. And obviously, the big thing that the viewers don't see is that Srini situation. My mom ends up calling him a loser, and I I say I will talk to him never. And it looks like it's because he has a podcast. But really, it's because he was extremely disrespectful and demeaning off-camera. Like, I was so hurt, I was crying. And my mom was like, you don't need to be in this situation. In fact, you can quit the show. And I told him, I was like, I don't think I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to move forward with the show at this point. And they're like, no, 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 I'll never happen again. Like, are bad, and I'm telling them this, and I tell Seema this, and I I say it on camera and everything, and it all gets cut. It all gets cut. And I guess it just doesn't fit the perception of um, an angry, mean lawyer lady that she was hurt and vulnerable in the process and got trampled on by someone and was demeaned like that. I think that's an important thing for women to see, that you can be a strong, confident woman, and you can also be very vulnerable in the love search um and that you can get yourself in really bad situations and you can be really hurt by it
0: well an lol that like didn't he publicly as the show was airing like do this whole like i dodged a bullet thing like dude come on no i dodged
1: the bullet and i will speak to you never and any man who treats you like that you should say i will speak to you never so my message to women is um if someone treats you like that, no apology, not that he tried to apologize or anything or that he think he did anything wrong, but no apology should um, ever make you speak to people like that, who, who belittle you like that and leave you in that kind of state. That's not someone that you ever need to uh, allow in your world. It's just not. You should, never, you should speak to them never. And if your mom calls them a loser, I'm, I hope that they do because your mom should be protecting you no matter how old you are from people that um, dim your light in any way or, or, or hurt you and make you cry. I hope that anyone's mom would say the same thing.
0: Yi Ting Zhang said, how does she feel about the double standard on the show where women were told to compromise and have less expectations while men were allowed to have a long list of the necessary but impossible qualities in a woman?
1: Yeah. So remember, we were taping in our bubbles, like I said, so I never knew any of the things that were going to be aired later about how she treated other people. She only gave me one match and said that was her process. And I said, no, please give me three. I would like to decide. Later, I'm watching the show and she literally puts three on Nadia's table and is like, which one do you want first, second or third? And I'm like, wait, that's even another girl in the U.S. And that was what I wanted. And that's all I wanted. Like, give me all three and I'll tell you which one I want to go one, two and three from. Or maybe I don't want to go with any, you know. Um, but I wasn't given that opportunity. And I don't know why to this day. And Praduman and Akshay obviously get 150
0: biodata. Oh, literally 400,000. Yeah. To just say no, 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 no. Yeah, they just get to to swipe on real people, and, and so do me
1: on dating apps. So, to be fair to them, um, that it's not like they met those people and rejected them, it's like they saw it as a paper the way that I see an app. Um, but still, I, I was like, I didn't get that opportunity, and that was really hurtful for me to see. I was like, that's really. It's really shitty, actually. Like, I deserved it. I wasn't unreasonable. I told her I wanted someone introverted and intelligent. Let me pick that person. Like, what difference does it make to you, a lady, if I want number, option number three to be my first date? It shouldn't make a difference to you.
0: At all. Zero. Yeah. Okay. Catherine Paquette said on the show, she said she didn't love being a lawyer. If she could do or be anything, what would it be? Or did she say that just to challenge her date? I mean, so it's interesting. We talked a lot
1: about my travel company on the show and it never got aired. Why? Because it didn't, again, fit the archetype of the mean lawyer who doesn't like her job. Um, because here's the thing, we don't all get to love our jobs in this world. And my solution to that was to start my company that fulfills me and is a part of my passion and is something that you know gives me hope at the end of the day and, and, and something to look forward to. And, and I give my Sundays to it every day, every Sunday for seven hours, I turn off my phone and I work on this company. That's all I can give it, but that's a lot. That's my labor of love for it. And and that was a part of the show too. Um, and it just wasn't ever shown. So what would I be? I probably be the owner of a travel a luxury travel company because I am one. Cause I do have that, but no one knows. Yeah. And I've had it for a year or two now. And I would also, like I said, I'm writing this book and I'm loving the process. I would love to be a writer and um, I don't know what that looks like, but that would be so cool. So yeah, I don't know. I, am not done with law yet. That's for sure. Um, I did give it, I have given it 10 years. I've grown a lot in it. There are parts of it. I enjoy. There are parts of it. I don't, I would love to find a role that fits me better so that I can enjoy all the parts I do enjoy, you know, Um, But that's the same for everyone. I don't know why everyone is so mad that I didn't like my job. Like, who are all these millions of people that just go around, like, loving their job? Not me. (laughs) Like, it didn't even make sense to me that that's what they were mad about. I was like, like, you don't even like your job. And I was like, is that a slur of some sort? Horrible to say. Yeah, it's the worst thing to say. Like, it's so offensive to so many people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just all of you in
0: this world just loved your jobs that so you woke up on Mondays and was like,
1: this is the best thing that's ever happened to Let's me. Go. Like, oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Well, also, what sucks is like when you say in terms of, you know, I would love to do what didn't show, obvi- like being a luxury, you know, travel planner, all that. In terms of you talking about loving travel on the show, it definitely like they made it seem like oh, I'm only talking about travel and myself the whole time when, like, that's something you're passionate about. But it ended up kind of the whole, what's the music behind it, where it's like, dun, dun, dun.
1: Yeah, the music. A lot of people are talking about the Aparna music. They were like, why did they do that? And I didn't even notice it. Um, but a lot of people noticed it. And they're like, how many more times are they going to put that music behind the women they want you to, that they want you to vilify? Um, and I'm like, I don't I know, know it well. I know it well. When are we gonna stop vilifying strong women in reality TV for ratings? Because it's getting old. We've been in reality TV world since we were for twenty five years. Since I was a kid, I watched what was that girl's name like Trisha and Ryan. The first
0: uh, Trista. Trista. Yeah, I was a
1: child watching Trista and Ryan, and they probably, if I went back, vilified vilified someone on that season. Oh, everybody.
0: Yeah but they just
1: keep doing it. And it's either going to be Jessica button or it's going to be me or it's going to be you, or it's going to be like, and then a new show is going to come out tomorrow and they're going to do it to the next one and the next woman and the next woman. And I'm like, you got to stop. You guys have got to stop, but they're not going to stop until the viewers get wise to it on mass and start saying like unacceptable. They'll never do it. I've seen a trending of that though. I've seen people acknowledge that like it's unacceptable. Like what they're doing is not cool. Now. Is it the majority? Not yet. But am I hopeful and optimistic? Yeah, I really am. Because I think that there's a lot of people who are getting educated about reality TV.
0: I mean, I have, I have to be hopeful, but it's also like, you know, part of the reason I started my podcast was because I wanted a place where like, I'm not afraid to ask about what goes on behind the scenes or how being the villain affected your mental health or or this thing or that thing, or talk about what they did that like yeah. really manipulated the situation. And people just tell these stories that like, blow people's minds and I'm like but you you, what is it going to take what story do I have to share or does my guest have to share that gets you to realize that this shit is pretty wild
1: yeah that they're going to like cut out your passions and make you horrible person and only show you like they turn to one thing I love and speak so passionately about my travel into like my my like horrible thing and people like she's so snooty and I'm like because I gave up so many material things like I don't carry designer bags like my peers I don't drive a nice car like my peers I don't care about those things what I care about is spending my money somewhere else and that's not a bad thing that's again my preference and I don't you know that's that's not a bad thing about me. Like, and they were like, that makes her terrible. She's an elitist. And I'm like,
0: okay, sure. I've just got to keep shaking my head. Well, okay. So one, one moment from, I don't remember which date it was, but there was a converse. I think it was the same where you were talking about travel and then it was insinuated that you don't know how to relax or something yeah. in general. What do you do to relax?
1: My life is pretty relaxing. I mean, I am um, when I need to, I am um, chill all weekend, you know, more before the show than this. Um- But yeah, I see my friends. I see my family more pre-COVID, obviously. um, And I never had to run away from things. Like I never got myself in situations where I had to go escape from my mental well-being to a place. Now, did I want to travel and see beautiful things? Sure. But like, did I need to go sit on a beach and like hide myself, you know, under my umbrella and just like cry about my life for 10 days? No. Like when I took 12 days off, it was a huge deal in my profession. That's like unheard of. And I went down to Argentina and I went to Mendoza and Buenos Aires. I climbed mountains in Patagonia I scaled glaciers I mean like I did it all like I was horseback riding I've, but then some nights when I was out with my friends they'd be going out to a nice dinner and I'd be like I'm gonna stay back in the hotel and sleep yeah. or watch Argentinian like tv, TV. Like, yeah. <laughs> or I'm gonna skip um, whitewater rafting today and go to the spa because like my body hurts on that hike we did yesterday and I'm not comfortable and I like spa like today a spa day sounds good to me so like while I'm on a trip I take care of myself in the ways that I need to take care of myself like I have like self-care, you know, it is my holiday at the end of the day, but I'm also so amazed by the world every time I see it, that I don't want to be on a beach. Like I want to be scaling the glacier instead. And that's the way I want to spend my 10 days. So again, like me hating the beach was like this horrific thing to like 90% of the people who viewed the show. And I'm like, Hi, I'm not asking you to hate the beach. I'm just telling you, I don't like it personally. Like, and now I'm thinking about it. Like my friends were like, oh, let's go to Nantucket. And I was like, can I go to Nantucket? Because then everyone will be mad at me and say like, oh, you lie. You hate the beach.
0: Right. And I was like, screw them. I'm probably going to go to Nantucket. it's funny because it's like, you know, you say you hate comedy, which like, I also hate comedy. Like, I think it sucks. Sorry, everyone. But then I also like don't do beaches. Like if if I'm getting a vacation, the irony of it is like I also did 10 days in Patagonia hiking my ass off dying. But that's what to me is a vacation or like a relaxing thing.
1: Yeah, for you, that's like the way that you want to spend your days off. Like, I'm not telling anyone how to spend their days off. I'm just telling you this is how I like to spend my days off. And like, yeah, I said, I don't like to be on a beach for more
0: than three hours because part of me is like, what am I doing here? Like Like, I'm so I'm getting sunburned and, you know, I can't read a whole book in one day and then I'm just sitting here. And then the sunscreen
1: is sticking to me and I'm like a big And I'm sunscreen. covered in
0: sand. Oh,
1: Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, I love the ocean. So that's kind of like a weird part. I think I say that too, because I lived on a boat for a hundred days when I studied abroad. You know, I did around the world in a cruise ship semester at sea. And I still have like this amazing love for like being near bodies of water and to just be near it is, is something special to me. And yeah now i'm like oh can i not go to an ocean again are people gonna get mad at me and like i don't know like yeah i was talking to my friends like do whatever you want
0: yeah remember i'm gonna remind you what you said who cares i don't care
1: literally if i want to go to a beach i'm gonna go to a beach do i love every moment of it no am i still gonna post a picture of me like
0: damn right because i'm cute yeah (laughs) (laughs) allison aslin said what was her favorite thing about the whole experience
1: you know, I think it was an overall, like the taping was really fun. Like I didn't know what would come of it, obviously, but I'm such a, like a nerd and I loved learning about this. It's a whole new industry in Houston, Texas. We don't even meet people that talk about it. Yeah. I didn't know about production teams and sound guys and production assistants and how people climb the ladder and like the policy, like the politics and the bureaucracy. And it was crazy. I had a small crew relatively. 16 people followed me around everywhere. I've heard, um, my sound guy was actually on The Bachelor and was like, there was 200 of us. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I mean, but we're not like, we have one producer, but then there's just like 87,000 sound camera people. Like we don't have any personal, you know?
1: Yeah. We had like four or five producers and then like the sound people and
0: stuff. But for
1: us, it's really interesting because it is such a unique experience to be such a lean team and one that was traveling all the time. So they were very close to each other. They would just like pop into your life for three, three four days and then leave and then pop in, but they were always together. So it's like, you were like almost intruding on this really cute family every time <laughs> you were being taped because you were the lone man out. They were all like the friends and you were like, Oh, so they were nice. I mean, um, it's interesting how nice people are to you. And then the show comes on and you're like, Oh,
0: I mean, I'm pretty, it's pretty safe to say you've answered this question, but. Shannon Steck said, how does she feel about how she came across on the show?
1: I think in general, there is a difference between a docu-series and a reality show. A docu-series shows nuanced characters and people for being who they are. So I could have been a strong woman that also cried when she got hurt and also had a travel business because she didn't love being a lawyer. A reality show archetypes people. Um, Mama's boy, princess, prince, uh, you know, teddy bear, Vyacer, like... uh, Rupam was the poor divorcee. Okay, Rupam in real life is a badass physician and kills it. She's a doctor. They me- They didn't mention that. Vyasar the quote-unquote teddy bear, went to like Ivy League master's programs and has written two books before the age of 30. They don't mention that. So it's not just me that they did it to, it's everyone that they did it to. They put us into these archetypes. Someone wrote an article and they said the real villain of Indian matchmaking is the editing because no one is as good or as bad as that show portrayed them out to be. No one is, me either way. And I was like, man, this is like a no-name news outlet, but they just hit the nail on the head. And that's the same for every reality show. No one is as good or as bad as they make you seem to be. And I think what people forget is the good part too. We're not as good, like even our princess edits or our prince edits are not as good as they seem. They're human, we're all human. We all made our mistakes, we all went through the process, it was messy for all of us. Um, It's just editing. And, and that's the bitch of it because someone is telling your story without your voice in it. And it's on a global
0: scale. And someone that you don't even see, like they're in a room, a dark room somewhere and you've never, you don't even know who they are, mm-hmm. but they have all the control.
1: They have all the control.
0: Uh, another question. Were you happy with the portrayal of South Asians? There were some critics of course, who, you know, thought it was irresponsible, racist colorist. I'd love to hear your take.
1: Yeah colorism, casteism, sexism, the show did not sanitize any of it. And that's for the best because as we have these conversations, I think it's very important that um, we bring it to light and we speak about it and that we have these knee-jerk reactions so that we can progress it to a point where hopefully one day we don't need to talk about it anymore. But here's another thing, Salvation media. It has not existed uh, until now. So Family Karma and Brava is a relatively small show, but it has an American reach. Right. Uh, never have I ever, of course, uh, trended one. And then there was this show. So back in the day, there was just the Cosby show, and that was Black America. And that was our only representation of it. And if you didn't know anybody or if you didn't know much about the culture, you believed that was true. And then we started getting more Black media representation, and different shows came out, and different sections and segments of society within the Black community came out, and we started seeing it as a more well-versed, rounded community. And I think that's what will happen one day with South Asian media representation, but we aren't there yet. So a lot of people are mad that this show showed seven mainly upper-crust people with this, you know, luxury matchmaker, and um, from a certain type of background and yeah I would have loved to have seen a different religion I would have loved to have seen LGBTQ representation I believe hopefully in season two they'll consider that you know but it just didn't fit here and that's okay because what they tried to fit was still very ambitious they were like literally on two different continents with people like yeah, you know trying to do the best that they could and and when we only have three shows to really like say
0: this is South Asian um, there were like billions of people the South Asians <laughs> like billions yeah I mean like when you think of it was a pretty short condensed show too. And there was a lot of power in that show, obviously. It was a lot. And I think that
1: it is oversimplified in archetypes for a reason. One for ratings and two for getting a custom message about arranged marriage, because it's also a topic that again, people are coming at me being like, wait, I thought this just forced marriage. Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> There's a baseline misunderstanding about the whole process. And then you're trying to introduce like people into it, like characters and portrayals. And so I think that, um, we, they did the best that they could. And I will always give them, you know, props for that. Um, obviously there was no South Asians that made the show. There was only one and she didn't really have much of a say in it. And so I think that would be very important too to get South Asians in the, in the room, when you're making a show about. Um, so Netflix India didn't have a say in any of this either. And so they wrote some articles on it that I read. I didn't hear about it from anywhere else. It like literally came up on my Google and I was like, Oh, Netflix India is mad. Um, but there uh, there is a lot uh, to be said about people from the community being a part of the process.
0: Jara Nally said, I'd like to know what Aparna's dating life is like, if she's still single.
1: Yes, I am still single. I have not dated anyone since COVID started. I people are like, oh, you can meet over Zoom. Texas is a really bad situation. I see it getting much better up east um, in the northeast, and we do not have that situation where we can go on first dates. I mean, maybe you could uh, go on a first date with a mask on and stuff, but um, our our hospitals are full, and it's not a great situation out there. So um, I'm taking some time off. I'm taking a breather. I think this is a big life event, so that obviously happened to me, and I was not prepared at all for it. Um, and... I'd like to address that like I'd like to be a little less busy so that I could be a great person to meet and not be a sad busy person that like <laughs> take time to like a, a new relationship like that's not fair to them that's not fair to me and so I'm hopeful in the next few months that maybe I'll get back on a nap or two and meet someone wonderful. Um, I am planning on moving to New York so maybe it would be easier to just move there yeah um, all, all cool girls are moving oh my to New God, York.
0: God, that's
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's going to be good. I, I think I like could change the pace and a change of scenery would be good too. And, um, I don't know, someone said like, you know, that'll be fun for you to be in the city. And I'm like, I just think that I'll walk down the street and no one will know who I am. And that'd be great too. Like, I love the an- anonymity of New York. Like,
0: yeah, it's, it's so crazy. Like we where there's just so many people who don't even look at anyone yeah. else like everyone's just doing their own thing they're not looking at who's around I actually was at the park today I, I nanny these two kids and Bradley Cooper was there with his kid and I just didn't even see that's New York <laughs> also
1: I just think that this show obviously it has a smaller viewership than maybe like other franchises because it is a first season of it, and it's global so I don't know I just think that you know, it'll all fade away and I'll just be in a new city and it'll be uh, amazing. And I would like to try dating again as soon as I'm ready. And I am ever hopeful that I will meet someone wonderful.
0: <laughs> you will. Have you been like spotted by anyone ever? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I went to Chicago for work and I was, out was shaker and then it was just like crazy. It was like, a few people like every minute would be like, Oh my God, are you Shaker and a partner from the show? Are you dating now? Is this like a behind the scenes thing? Did you guys not announce it? I was like, no, no, no. Hey, hey, we have always been friends. I'm here for work. Like I was like clarifying myself. And Shaker was just laughing. He's like, this is crazy. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's fun though. I mean, it's a little cool to talk to viewers, especially in these COVID times, you don't really get to meet them, but, um, Definitely. When people are taking selfies with me, I'm like, keep your mask on. Please. Thank you. Keep my mask on when we do selfies.
0: It's okay. We're still cute. Yeah. What are your DMs like? Like, are people sliding in trying to set you up with their cousin? A lot of that. Um, okay. I mean, it's it, we're week
1: nine now, so it's slowed down a little bit. But it was like thousands at first and then hundreds. And now it's like petered off. I, I still get hundreds probably a day. But um, yeah, I... I, I I'm very
0: flattered. Maybe Mr. Wright is somewhere in
1: my DMs. I don't get
0: to read all of them. Do you, if you need an assistant, like I can hop in there and make a database.
1: a database. I don't know. Again, like, am I really ready? And, and who's really in my DM box? Can I just meet them on an app when I get to New York or something? I don't know. I really want to move to New York too. So maybe remember your question back was like, what do you not want to compromise? Like right now I want to do New York. So like, I don't want
0: someone try to set me up with a lovely guy in LA this week. And I was like, but. I want to move to New York So, guys. We're going to adjust the DMS for New York only.
1: Maybe just for now. I don't know. I'm just so like excited by the idea. When I get excited by something, I want to like move forward with it. And so I want to give it a shot and uh, long distance is always doable. I-, I do believe in it, by the way. I think that, um, yeah, I think that that's a way I've had wonderful year and a half, two year relationships with people who live in different countries and it works if you make an effort and you do the work. Um, but for now, what if I could just meet someone in this brand new city I'm trying to move to in the next few months? That'd be great.
0: Yeah, what's the timeline? Do you have one or is it just... No timeline. I mean, I was thinking like October and then that suddenly came up
1: on me. And then I was like, November. And then I was like, mid-December. I'll see you next year. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe 2021 sounds good. Um, (sighs) I have a great job right now. I love it. You know, Like I said, I'm a lawyer. I'm full-time. But this particular place is a really good place and I'm very lucky for it. I would have to leave it if I moved to New York. So then do I look for another job there? Or do I just go there and and hope for the best. I don't know these things yet. I I don't get more than four hours of sleep a night. So I don't really know how to make plans about what a move looks like to New York yet. Like I need
0: more concrete details to be made and I I can't right now. So you can survive on four hours of sleep a night? No, I'm doing poorly. I would like crawl into my bed at 3 p.m. some days, like
1: in the middle of a work day and just like fall asleep.
0: How? What time do you go to bed? Well, until a week
1: or two ago, it was, I was doing press till about 1230 one and then I would have to wind down and like you know skincare routine and then you're already you've been talking and so you're like I'm up and then I fall asleep at like 2 33 and then be up by like 7 30 or so to start my work day because if I can start my emails by eight then I can start doing press at lunch it's like a lot press is slow down this week I'm saying no to a lot more things also
0: glad I didn't get a no
1: <laughs> yeah you gotta take care of yourself though I think that's something I'm learning about this process too I thought it would be two weeks then everything would die down all of a sudden. And then the third week came, the fourth week, the eighth week, the ninth week. And I was like, wait a second, this is like a marathon. This is no sprint. And um, I, yeah, I'm looking tired nowadays. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling drained. I'm not working out because I don't have time. I'm not taking care of myself in like normal small ways that I used to just like to feel good. Like, and I'm not doing those things. So this is temporary. I'm excited by all the things that are happening too. So I'm grateful. But I think that there is, I wish they prepped us more for this. I
0: wish that there was like a one oh one. So your reality show is going to launch tomorrow. God, I wish that too. Here's what's going to happen. The world's going to hate you. Here's what they're going to say. Here's how it's going to make you feel.
1: Yes. You're going to feel small and little and start hating (laughs) everything around you.
0: My last question, as someone who loves travel, you love travel. I'm curious if you have any places that have just in your mind have been the best.
1: Well, I haven't been yet, but it's obviously Bolivia. (laughs) It's on the list. (laughs) It's on the list. Come on. I have to go during rainy season and I want to go over, hop over to the Atacama Desert in Chile after it. So I want to do the the drive through Bolivia instead of like just circle. Yeah. Have you done it already? No, I wish. It's on the list. Well will come with us. Yeah. Five or I was thinking like maybe I'll just move down there for five or six weeks and just like run trips. Like, cause I love, like I would love to be in Bolivia and I would love to do it five times a week. I've never been. Yeah, it looks beautiful. The flamingos come during the rainy season and they feed in this lake that's red. And that's why those James flamingos are so pink because they eat this red algae from this lake down in Bolivia. I got to go. I have to go. But what's been my favorite? So this year, I did a lot more South America because I knew I probably wanted to move to the Northeast. And I'm in Houston right now. So I can do these direct flights very quickly, long weekend. Um, So I did Ecuador for a weekend, a long weekend. I did Colombia for a long weekend. I did Panama, which is like a Central America. I loved them all. I thought Ecuador was so special. Um, I went to this eco lodge there that's like super luxurious and sustainable and in the middle of a cloud forest. It was like another world. I've never seen something so beautiful. And then it was just a five-hour direct flight and I went with some
0: girlfriends. That's amazing.
1: Ecuador for the weekend. (laughs) Um, And then with some other friends, I did Colombia. So I did Cartagena and uh, Bogota just for like four days. Like, you know, leave on a Thursday night, come back on a Monday night. And it's so beautiful to be down here in Houston and just be like, it's a five hour flight that kind of sucks but it's fine because as far as to go to new york it's three and a half four hours
0: anyway it's still yeah it feels like five
1: and there's like midnight flights that land you there at 5 a.m or land you home and i went straight to the office i landed at like 5 a.m and went to the office at like seven or eight back in pre covid times when we used to go to offices and i so i made sacrifices obviously to do those long weekends but i thought i would barely recommend that and it was they were scouting trips so i scout a place before I take a whole trip of 14 people there I want to know what the hotel feels like I'm going to meet the people that I'm using for my tours I'm going to do all of that so I invite a few friends always and me do these scouting trips wow yeah it's a way to like kind of do a little quality assurance a little things will still go wrong with travel and you'll always have like you know things that you can't control but by scouting them myself my golden balloon has like a better grip
0: well if you ever need a scout
1: let me know yeah, I'm actually going to do a scout to Bolivia with like people that are my friends. So feel free to come. It, yeah. Because I just wanted to be people I know with these scouting trips so that if something goes on, they're not like, I hate you. I paid for this. Bad reviews. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I worked for Delta to fund my travel addiction. But yeah, because of COVID, we had a, a bunch of us had to early retire. But I still have seven years of flying, which is quite nice. So sign me up seven years of flying seven years. Yeah. You got two years for every year that you worked plus one year added on if you took this package that they gave you. So, um, they were begging people to leave. Yeah. I think like 17,000 people took it.
1: I would take it. I feel like seven years. I tried to apply to United as a lawyer. They're like, do you do labor? I'm like, no, what? You guys are union? And they're like, yes, this is like, I'm like, oh, then I'll never be a lawyer for United. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah. My friend worked for United in the marketing department and they, they still, even if you're not like working, you know, customer service or flight attendant or anything, you still get the benefits. So that's so crazy. You're going to have the best next seven years of your life. I know. I know. I mean, I'm in school for two of them. So like, I can't do a whole lot. Winter break. But I only have class Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So when you're saying this whole, like leave Thursday, come back, like I could do that stuff.
1: My friend who lives in New York is going to join me for Cartagena and they have a direct flight on Thursdays and you just get back by Sunday night. I mean, you could do it. Sign
0: me up. It's a beach, but it's okay. I hate beaches. hate beaches. Aparna, you're so cool. We all knew that. So we didn't believe what we saw.
1: We're all brighter than
0: that. We are. Share your social media and anything you want people to follow. So my social media is my full name, Aparna
1: Shiwakramani. It's the only one in the world. I am positive of that. And then My Golden Balloon has its own uh, Insta page. It's at My Golden Balloon. It has its own website, mygoldenballoon.com. I kept it very simple. So you guys can join up for the, uh, sign up for the wait list now. We canceled all our 2020 trips. Um, you know, we we ran one in February. We had all of the rest almost sold out. We were so excited. It was going to be like our boomer first year. And then on the way home from Jordan, you know, we have our Petra sunburns. It was magical. Uh, the the desert, the, Rum, the Wadi Rum desert was just amazing. I just posted a reel about it today. So
0: that's how I like get my like travel stuff. I like, I'm like, oh, what is this new feature called Reels? Still can't quite get it. So. I don't
1: understand it either. I just like put up some videos. But kudos
0: of- to you for, for trying. That's, that's I'm good. Trying, I'm trying.
1: <laughs> and- yeah so that's where you can find us and if you want to be on the wait list we will tell you once bolivia is planned and india we're going to do india which will be really fun it's one of my favorite places i think you should always go with a tour to india if you're not indian um it's just easier that way especially if you want to do it luxury so
0: Will you promise to try to go to bed after this get some sleep
1: maybe i probably not i have a photo shoot tomorrow i have to get ready for that
0: go do it i appreciate you we'll talk okay. soon. <laughs> bye hun